Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of Spring Fever. As always, I am XFL Jim and no Uncle Rico this week. He is undergoing surgery of some kind. I don't remember the specifics. Uh, speedy recovery to Eric, but instead, we are joined by special guest, another member of the garage. It is Chase, the fever inducer, Lupine Piasco Sessoms. What's up, buddy? Uh, I'll do my best to fill in for Uncle Rico. He's got very difficult shoes to fill, and I can only imagine that that surgical procedure is them just removing a gigantic wad of money from his ass. I was going to say either that or a couple inches off his dong so he can actually, you know, function yeah. as a human. Yeah, I mean, because right now he can't walk. He's just got, like, a wheelchair with, like, a wheelbarrow out in front of him. It's it's extremely difficult. He's talked about it off air that it's a debilitating injury yeah. how big his dick is. What he goes through on a daily basis and conquers, God. Going to be a pretty straightforward, simple episode for everyone. Obviously, we're going to do a little quick recap of, very quick recap, because me and Chase, if you don't subscribe to the feed or anything, we already recapped week six of XFL action on the gymnasium. Yep. Go check that out. Yep. But we'll do a quick recap for everyone who just listened to Spring Fever, and then we will do the preview. We will pick the... Week seven games, as always, I will pick the spread in total. Chase will pick his fill. We got a little bit of other spring football news and do's. Uh, let's start with the XFL first. Kyle Sloter no longer on the Renegades. Instead, they went out and got Luis Perez from the Vipers. Can't believe that 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 quarterback is available right now. I can't believe the Vipers let him go. Honestly, he had one really bad game this last week, week six. Other than that, he's been pretty good for a good chunk of the season. They are just, they have been from the get. They are in love with Brett Hundley. Yeah, I mean, the, th the thing that's, that's so interesting about it is that it, it's not like Brett Hundley's actually accomplished anything more than Luis Perez has. Like, they, they nope. both... Honestly, I feel like they're almost interchangeable at this point. But I, I think it's a huge pickup for Arlington. I would agree because we've seen what Perez could do with an offense that is struggling and middling. It, when he was in New York in the XFL in 2020, the offense for the Guardians was probably the worst offense in the entire league. And they started to look way better once he got the start there. Maybe something functions. I don't know. I'm still not super sold on Jonathan Hayes. I talked about it on the gymnasium. I've been getting DMs from people telling me that Bob Stoops should be fired, which is not going to happen no. at all. No. Bob He's... Stoops will leave the XFL when Bob Stoops wants to leave the XFL. Yeah, and plus, I mean, let's, let's think of just how great of a place Bob Stoops is in for them to capitalize on the Bob Stoopsness of it all. You're in the, the Dallas metro area, which, I mean... It's filled with Oklahoma fans. It's filled with Arkansas fans. It's filled with you know A and M Texas fans. Like it's it's Big Twelve country, and you've plucked quite literally probably the most legendary coach in the Big Twelve to to coach there. Also, just as a personal for me, I I want I love the dichotomy between seeing like Bob Stoops and Terrell out there together. Yeah, because Bob Stoops is even though they're running, I mean, they're in a fine position. They're winning these games somehow, but he's the most not stressed coach out of all eight coaches. I've heard Bob Stoops say four words uh, all season. I've heard Terrell Buckley threaten to release his entire team four times in one game. Yes. 
Yes. And it's awesome. We love both of them for it. I think Luis Perez is a great get for the Renegades. I don't know what happens with Sloter at this point. I still believe he looked good for the breakers in, at the USFL. Obviously, everything kind of turned around when he got hurt, and he threw yeah. a shitload of picks and didn't look as good. Maybe that maybe that will be the turning point in the chapter. That's the turning chapter in the book that is Kyle Sloter's career in football. If he's if he's still got some friendly faces in the in the USFL that that will have anything to do with him, like if I were him, I'd be be calling up John D. Filippo and being like, hey. I don't know. Uh, have you seen me throw the ball to these wide receivers before? Because it's pretty good. Fair, but I think them bringing in McLeod Bethel Thompson kind of like it makes that a much harder battle for him. I thought the same thing with Brian Scott leaving the XFL. The USFL is getting some pretty good quarterbacks in there. Maybe the Showboats could use somebody. Maybe there's a couple other teams where guys left. Yeah, but especially like. People were saying, like, Brian Scott back to the stars. Well, it looks like Case Cookus is coming back. And guess what? Case Cookus looked like the best quarterback in the league last year. Right now, I, last year, I think for, like, an established, like, CFL player or someone else who was established in another league who was definitely coming back to another roster spot next year, like, the USFL was a gamble. It was an absolute gamble. Mm -hmm. It's not anymore. They've shown that they can get through a season, that the players will be paid, that the games will guaranteed be on TV and on big TV. Uh, yep. you know, we, when we say big TV, we mean like the three letter, you know, networks. Um, so I mean, it's not as much of a gamble. And I think that's why you're seeing more like McLeod Bethel Thompson's, you know, make the jump from the CFL to the, to the USFL or even just USFL, uh, I, you know, quarterbacks making the jump to the XFL because they see, they saw what worked in the USFL last year and they see what they're doing in the XFL this year in terms of how well they're funded and everything. You'll probably get a lot of overlap between players between the XFL and the USFL. The CFL is a little different. I think McLeod Bethel Thompson's a special case because he's taking a pretty significant pay cut to go down yeah. from the CFL. Those guys are making like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, you're not you're, making, you're not making that in the USFL. Now you're making uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Luckily, his wife works for Marvel, um, and she wanted him to move back, so they're they're not hurting for money. For like, she works for Stan Lee. I think she works for yes, she works for Stanley's um estate. Okay. Oh yeah, RIP Stanley. We miss you every day. But the other bit of USFL news before we fully get into the XFL is the Memphis Showboats have released their new uniforms this week. Boom. That's the Showboats. Okay. I think they're all right. I I think they're fine. They're how, are call, how are we going to call How are we going to call them the fucking Showboats and have uh, blue with yellow shoulders. Hey, Chase, at least it's not red. That's a good point. At least it's not they red. Got, and at least it doesn't have red as one of the... Uh, no, for real, let's go Akron Zips. Yeah, they, they are the Akron Zips of the USFL. They actually did a plus for us uniform-wise because they took away a team who had red and silver in the Bandits. Yeah. And now they so, have a, a blue and yellow team. So fuck you if you say that, you know... Uniform changes are a zero-sum game. We're making gains. Uh, it's I, I don't know. I really want to love the Memphis Showboats. I, awesome name. The logo, I kind of like the old logo a little bit more, but this one's fine. Love. It's it's a fun team. It's hard to get excited when they're just rebranded Tampa Bay Bandits still with Todd Haley. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's my, hard. 
my promise was to be a, a Breakers fan until the Showboats yep. showed up on, on the scene. Well, now the Showboats have showed up on the scene, and you're giving me Todd Haley and some extra regular-ass Akron Zips uniforms. I'm not a Memphis Showboats fan until you get your shit together and you fire Todd Haley and you put some pizzazz on those goddamn jerseys. They gotta have pizzazz. If you're gonna be the Memphis Showboats, you gotta have pizzazz. I you still gotta probably... lead the league in smiles if you're a Showboat. Still probably put the Gamblers at number one for uniforms. I think it's the Breakers, but... A the lot Breakers is tight, but man, the Gamblers with the G in Texas and everything. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's sick. It's it's, and as, also, of all the red and black and silver uniforms, theirs it was the, they were the best. Yeah, They were the, by far I think, the best one. I think it's because, you know, black black and, and red just goes well together. It's not like the, the Hardee's uh, uh, Philadelphia jerseys hey i kind of love how stupid those are still just the, the ketchup and mustard i love how dumb the stars uniforms are it's like somebody went to a tailgate in buffalo and they're like you know what ketchup and mustard looks good together let me see if before we can get to the xfl live lines here we go courtesy of DraftKings. let's go over the futures a little bit for the people so right now defenders at number one plus 120 uh roughnecks 225 Battlehawks 550, Sea Dragons 650, Renegades 12 to 1, Brahmas 15, Vipers uh, 10 to 1, and Orlando Guardians 15 to 1. Oh, wait. Sorry. Sorry, that is Renegades, that is Vipers 100 to 1, Guardians 150 to 1. That sounds about right. Um, honestly, you can make them 1,000 to 1, and I still wouldn't bet them. Not a chance. Still technically alive. Uh, I believe every team as of now still alive. Yeah. Listen, if you wanted value on the defenders, you pretty much had to get it before the season, right? Yeah. Yeah, basically. They were they weren't depending on what book you looked at before the season, I think some were offering it like five to one, six to one. Right. And what I'm getting right now is pretty much identical to what I got on the Battlehawks and Sea Dragons before the season started. Yep. The only I'm not playing DC. I'm not playing the chalk just because I, that's too long of a sweat for twenty bucks. You know, same. I I'm I'm sitting on a Houston plus six hundred, which I'm liking. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, like Sea Dragons before the season, you wanted to take him. If you still like them, now is not a bad time to take the Sea Dragons at no. six fifty. It's about the top, the tops of what you're probably going to get for that market for the Sea Dragons. It's actually kind of nuts they're still like behind the Battlehawks when they're on a five game winning streak now. True, true. But the Battlehawks just looks really good. Good. They, they uh, of course, really they look really good against a team that's a hundred and one and could be much higher to win the league. I mean, obviously, we've broken it into tiers on the gymnasium, but let's go through these games real quick. So the Sea Dragons versus the Guardians. Sea Dragons won 26-19. My big takeaway for this one was that the Sea Dragons offense is still looking a little, like, flustered, not in sync. Uh, defense still up. And the Guardians are, they look good, just can't win games. They, they will be the prettiest losers at the at the prom. Yeah, go ahead, put way more stock into this victory against the Guardians this week than any other victory against the Guardians in previous weeks, because that was the best that the Guardians have looked all season. Uh, yes. Uh, Battlehawks, Vipers, Battlehawks trounced them 29-6. Battlehawks, this was a game that they want, that I think this is a very good game for them. They didn't, it wasn't close at all from jump. They just yeah. dominated from start to finish. And 
Vipers, I don't know, do do better. You you look yeah. you look great against the Guardians. You got that going for you. Yeah, I I think you really with the bottom two teams, I, I think that you might have the same thing going on, which is I think both of these coaches have just kind of lost these teams, and they're just through there. They might sneak up and surprise somebody. They might get a like a, a, a fiery rah rah out of Terrell Buckley or Rod Woodson for one game, and they might get another one. Uh, Vegas might get another one, and Guardians might get one. But like for the most part, like just based on like Terrell Buckley's interactions with his team, like they're done. They're done. Like what else? What are they playing yeah, for? They're. I mean, you get that thousand dollars. That's true. That's true. But like, how realistic is it that they get the thousand dollars each week? Fair. I guess technically, for some of these guys, you're still playing for film. That's true. But I mean, now that only more, goes so far. Yeah. Now there are more opportunities. Like, who says that they they they're just not thinking? Hey, don't get injured, and maybe you can get picked up with the USFL in the middle of the season. Yes. Yes. Also, I I'm gonna say I think Vegas has the worst defense in the league. They do, hands down. Like, hands down. That's the thing hands is, even, even the bad teams like the Guardians, even the majority of the bad teams like the Guardians can actually play a little bit of defense. Yeah, the Vegas Vipers have the worst defense in the league. Speaking of bad teams, Brahmas versus the Renegades. Uh, Brahmas won this one 15-9, taking Chase to Covertown. Taking me to Covertown. That was big. That was huge. That, that was a – that was a as money dog as you're gonna get uh, on the money line this weekend five different court people took snaps in this game yeah don't you love it it was ugly and it was, it was ugly a it was a ref show for a part of it so we'll get to ref shows in the last game but it was ugly i but here, here's my bold take which is i i think you're actually gonna see the brahmas put together a little run and maybe make a run at the playoffs maybe they gotta figure out who they're gonna have at quarterback like senate looked like the answer last week until he got hurt kbk KBK Kurt, maybe, Kurt, or, Kurt. or Juwan Pass. They both look pretty good. Juwan Pass gives you that little bonus with his legs. Yeah, we'll see a lot from the Brahmas in Week Seven. They do play the Vipers. Yeah. That's a get-right game. They started five quarter. They played five people who took snaps, and uh, I, I or sorry, you know they they personally played three people who took snaps from center, and uh, three two of them weren't with the team earlier than like Thursday. Of that week, and they still Juwan Pass was he was okay, he was fair. a backup on the team, I believe. He was like the third string guy behind Jack Cohn and Reed Sinnott. Yeah, well, let's let's at least uh, let let's give them a full week and a half of being in the offense, and let's see what they look like this week. I I think that the Brahmas could be a, a sneaky uh, win pick this week. I think that's. I mean, they're playing the the Vipers. I don't know. But they're still going to be undervalued because I think so. Know, also, the Renegades uh, getting Perez, I think, boosts them from a non-existent. These these two are statistically the worst two offenses in the league behind the Guardians, <laughs> and they're By both very, very game. much, very much alive for a playoff spot. Both very alive for a playoff spot. Uh, it's nuts, and the Renegades yeah. they need some spark on offense because the defense is good. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, with the Renegades, it it helps my narrative that I came up with this weekend that. Uh, the Roughnecks are actually going to go on a losing streak and not make the playoffs. If Arlington and San Antonio both get hot, I mean, look out because San Antonio is only two games back of of uh, uh, Houston and only one game back of Arlington right now. Yeah, they're both still very much alive. I still think that's the hottest take I've heard of the XFL so far. 
Yeah, they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose a bunch of games, and they're not gonna make the playoffs. Uh, speaking of which, Houston DC DC wins at thirty seven twenty six, keeping their home streak alive. This game was kind of a ref show, and it was ugly. Yeah. That doesn't forgive Houston for collapsing in the third quarter. No, they got absolutely trounced. Uh, big shout out to David Bellamy for retweeting me, by the way, for saying that he was a bad man because he hit uh, he hit Cole Silver really fucking hard. Oh yeah, Brandon Silver. I also maybe Brandon a little Silver, sorry, maybe a little QB controversy in Houston. I I've been saying it since the get. Cole McDonald's like the most entertaining quarterback I've ever seen. I've seen in a long time in college, just entertainment wise. Oh, oh, you mean XFL Lamar Jackson? Exactly. Yeah. So I, you have you have conflicting hot takes. I do have conflicting hot takes. If they actually make the full time switch to Cole McDonald, then I think they win out. I, I think I I would. I'd be behind that 100%. I love Cole Two McDonald's paths so diverge in a snowy wood, Jim. Do they go the Cole McDonald route, or do they go back to the to the Brandon Silvers route? And if they go the Brandon Silvers route, they miss the playoffs. Really hope they go the Cole McDonald route, because like, why wouldn't you guy who why wouldn't you go with a guy who played in a run-and-shoot offense in college if you're going to try and have an OC who wants to do a run-and-shoot offense in the XFL? Right, and hey, no disrespect, none to the rest of the quarterbacks in the, in the XFL. But, uh, I mean, the most electric guy we have is A.J. McCarron, probably. I would say pure entertainment is Ben DiNucci because of the picks, and he's sure. also thrown some really sure. crazy throws. Yeah, he does have the he does have the Brett Favre fucking him going deep gene, doesn't he? He does. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say probably the best quarterback is A.J. McCarron. Yeah. And it's... Like, it's pretty it, obvious. It leaves a little bit to to be desired from a from a just a fan of spring football standpoint. Like I, I would like to see one like electric do everything quarterback. Jordan Tamu, I guess, was probably the closest. He is. And he balled out this game. This was a game that I was saying DC needed to win with a comeback, but they kind of did. They were down in the first quarter, but yeah. they won through the air. And that's massive to show that, like, guess what? We don't just have to run down your throat. And we still can because yeah. They sure did in the end of that game, but yeah. they did it, and they're by and away the best team, in my opinion. It, I mean, and Houston did enough to make Covertown not feel like a real place for a little bit. I know you were worried that first quarter. I was very worried. I was very worried because that was going to be – that. What? well, it was a very nice little score that would have been ruined. And now we move on to week seven. Already on week seven. Three weeks left. <coughs> <coughs> I'm dying because the XFL is almost done. <laughs> Game number right. one. You just revive yourself. You're going to have like the, the USFL come in, you know, in a couple weeks and pump you up, you know? Oh, the, the, Jim switches the garage all the time. Game number one, Thursday, or Friday, sorry, the 31st. I'm disrespectful. Sorry about that. Seattle Sea Dragons versus the Arlington Renegades. Sea Dragons are minus four and a half on the road, over under 37 and a half. I don't remember what these lines were for these first couple when we looked on the gymnasium. I don't remember either, but I feel like it's grown a little bit. I, I feel like it might have been four or three and a half. Yeah. Does Luis Perez get the start? Honestly, between him and Drew Plitt, I think Luis Perez gets the start. Okay, well, you know what? Here's my take is that it doesn't matter if Luis Perez gets the start. And here's the reason. Uh, the Roughnecks are probably the most talent devoid at the skill positions. 
I would agree with that. Their offensive line is not good. Yeah. To be nice. They have good running backs, but with a bad offensive line, those are masked. And at the receiver position, they are pro they are I'm gonna they are easily the weakest team. So what what all what does Luis Perez exactly do to do for you? Does he take a couple sacks or throw a ball away instead of instead of getting run over? Because that's really I, I think you're just going less, for sounder decision making at this point, right? It's less ints, and you're still relying on your defense to solely win you games. Which yeah, your your defense has to score points to win games. Over under on Ben DiNucci interceptions for the Renegades to win. I'm gonna set at. Four. Exactly four. Oh, man, I'm not even taking that. That's such a good line. I think he needs to throw exactly four. For For them to win. For the Renegades to win. Okay. For them to cover, I would say three would do it. But I think they can win win, with three. I think they can win with three. That's tough. Depending on if one of them is a pick six, yes. Yeah. Which you can almost count on. Like if they get multiple, one of them, at least one of them being housed. Um, I'm I'm taking the dragons minus four and a half. I almost wanted to, I, I'll probably waffle on this. I will probably waffle on this. Eric waffles on almost every game. Yeah. I, uh, he's a very selective gambler, which is to his benefit. (laughs) You know what? I was so unimpressed with how the dragons looked again, the sea dragons looked against the guardians. What's the money line? Do we have money line yet? 175. I don't know if that's worth it. It's not. Give me the points with our with the Renegades. You're going to take the plus four and a half. I'm also this total at 37 and a half. That has climbed, I believe. Was it like I wanna, to I'll, start? I might take this under, dude. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. It. I'm taking the under. I went I went three and one last week. Four no, baby. Three well, on the totals. Oh, wow, that's an achievement. Yes, yes. Uh, game number two, San Antonio Brahmas, the start of April. The Brahmas versus the Vipers. Vipers minus three, over under 39. What's the money line on the Brahmas? Plus 130. Yeah, yeah, that's worth it, yes. Yes, give me the money line, give me the plus three. I'll take the over in this matchup. Okay. I mean, you have a bad defense. You have a very bad defense, and you have a defense for uh, San Antonio that can score points. I'm going to be honest. It's kind of just banal, bland thinking on my part. Uh, When the Vipers and the Guardians play, I just kind of take the over because of history. Mm -hmm. Okay, It's my little trend betting going on right now. Speaking of which, defenders versus the Guardians. Defenders are minus 10 (laughs) over under 45 and a half in Orlando. Ten's a big number. Ten's a big number. The Guardians have gotten absolutely obliterated at times, though. If they were at home, they would be a sixteen-point favorite. Might but be they're not seventeen. Yeah. I I almost want because the Guardians keep looking like they like they so, if they put together a piece, they'll almost be there. But it's never enough to win, only enough to cover. They're too straight. Since they made the switch away from Paxton Lynch, they haven't gotten blown out. I guess that's only we only really have like a full one week sample size. I think we might have week five craziness, Jim. I'm gonna take the Guardians on the money line. I'm not doing that. 
I'm doing. I'm it. not doing that. You know I'm what? Sprinkling. I, I'm sprinkling. Just because you did that, actually, I'm going to lean into the defenders to cover the big number. What? Guardians what have? Go- what have I seen from the defenders this season that leads me to believe that they can't cover the spread? Guardians plus ten. I'm going to sprinkle a little on that plus three sixty. I'm going to take the over forty five and a half. Just give me the defenders plus ten. Minus ten. Minus ten. Sorry. Don't hate it. <clears throat> Last game. The lone Sunday game, Battlehawks Roughnecks. I think this is another banger. Roughnecks I, I, are minus three and a half, over under forty four and a half. It's a road dog week. Give me, give me the Battlehawks on the money line here. I don't hate that. It'd be kind of embarrassing for the Roughnecks to go zero and three against the South Big Three. Yeah, and I think that really cements the North as I mean, the North in my opinion is already by far the better division. Uh I'm going to take the over 44 and a half. And I'm going to take the Battlehawks plus three and a half. I don't know if they win it. They're looking yeah. better. If Brandon Silvers is playing, I will live bet the sh- I will hammer the Battlehawks money line. Yeah. Let's keep a, let's monitor this whole Cole McDonald, Brandon Silvers situation. If that Cole McDonald does play, I might live, like if he gets sectioned in, if he gets placed in the game partway through like the second quarter, I might yeah. live bet the Roughnecks. I'll tell you what, if Cole McDonald plays, I still I probably just pivot off of the Battlehawks money line and I take the, the Battlehawks and the plus three. Love that. Three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. Love it. Oh yeah. Three. Man, I'm two three overs and an under. Again. The only under I picked is in the Renegades game. I mean, that's seems to be a winning a winning recipe for for XFL totals is to just bet the over unless except for games that the Renegades play in. It feels right. The Brahmas feel, too. So right. But so you're right. seeing the Brahmas and the Vipers come to a head here, where something's got to give. Someone's got to score points in this game. Yeah, one hundred percent. If it's not Jack Cohn starting back there, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That'll do it for this episode of Spring Fever. Everybody, we'll oh, have nice. we'll have uh, USFL team previews coming. We're probably gonna have to double up. Um, they'll be coming though. I wish, I wish it were easier to find rosters for a lot of these teams. The Fox doesn't make it super intuitive, but there's accounts out there that do it. And I heard some rumblings on Chase's favorite league. Uh, MLFB is saying that they're gonna try and go this year. <laughs> it's a scam. <laughs> it's a scam. Players, don't waste your time. Do not. Do not. It is. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> don't fuck with them. There's so much history with them. Like, don't even fuck with them. There's like almost a decade of history at this point. Yeah. It's yeah. bad. It's pretty uh, fucked up. CFL starting soon. Like, two months, basically. I yeah. Think. Late May is when the preseason starts. USFL, XFL overlap coming up. Uh, make sure you tune into the live stream for every XFL game. I don't give a fuck what my job says. I'm leaving work early Friday. I'm streaming the goddamn XFL. I agree. I agree. Judge, you deserve it. You deserve it at this point. I do deserve it. Uh, shout out Judge Dredd on YouTube. What up, boys? Some solid USFL draft picks. Hope they come through. I do. I think they, the USFL is going to be very interesting. I. It's been a while since we've seen Spring League enter year two. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. And I, you know, there there's some roster turnover a little more than you'd see in say like the NFL or something along those lines, but still like you you've got some really good cores on these teams. USFL football is going to be excellent this year. It's going to be beautiful. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. Uh, Chase, you want to shout anything out before we go? 
Yeah, let's see. It is uh, it's Arkansas Derby week, so check out my uh, horse racing podcast, the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Um, I'm going to be doing on the wrong lead uh, tomorrow with my my boys talking the uh, Arkansas Derby and Florida Derby. Uh, it's a lot of horseplay. I didn't freeze. I just made that face. Yeah, no, I know. I just I had no response to the horseplay comment. Oh, fuck you then. Okay. Yeah, fuck you, everybody.